Abbeys. The War Years episodes are part of the series In the Shadow of the Abbey. They recount the real challenges of life in Bisson Village following World War I, 1918-1924, and are sourced primarily from the local parish reports which were published each May, reflecting on the events of the past year. They covered all aspects of life on the Bisson estate. These were written by the Reverend Farrer, who was the vicar of All Saints Bisson from 1899 to 1924. Episode 2, May 1919. Victory and peace at last. Remembering the sacrifices made by local families. Influenza at the Abbey. Another change at the school. Finance and war savings. No dances at the Institute. And an April blizzard again. The war news was positive by May 1919. From July to November came the unbroken record of successes in the war. During those months, the British armies took 188,700 prisoners and 2,840 guns. On November the 11th, a date long to be remembered, came the news that the war was ended. The Allied victory was won in the field by our citizen soldiers, but it was only rendered possible by our sea power. No more dramatic and significant event has taken place in history than the silent surrender of the German battleships and submarines. 22nd of November 1918. Submarines arriving at Harwich. Lady Florence's daughters, Phyllis and Elizabeth, had been to watch the German submarines being surrendered. No words can express the joy and gladness which greeted the final news of the victorious ending of the war. Although for some families there was sadness. In our rejoicing, however, we have always in mind the sacrifices and the sorrows which have fallen on all and on some families with special severity. Mr and Mrs Bennett have lost two of their sons, Charles and Frederick. And Sydney, one of our youngest soldiers, was severely wounded on April 14th, 1918. Arthur Talbot, another one of our youngest soldiers, was killed in action on the 1st of September. George Brooks, also who died at Salonica, although living at Hurley, was really a Bissamite. Charles Bennett was 30 when he was killed on November the 9th. And his brother, Frederick, who was in the Royal Flying Corps, died on November 27th, aged 23. While we all share the sorrows of those families who have suffered from loss of their dear ones, we are able also to rejoice with many in the safe homecoming of their husbands, sons and brothers and other dear friends. The return of those who had been prisoners brought a special gladness to their families. We were glad to hear of the safe return of Arthur Thrith and Alfred Plumridge. Frith and Plumridge were two of the family names who had lived in the village for many generations. You can find out more about them in the Village Story episodes of this podcast. There is much more I would like to say about the splendid war service of our men and of the self-denial and the self-control of our women, as well as of their work. In the village, thoughts were already turning to how to commemorate the sacrifice of the men who had served. We propose later on to ask for subscriptions towards a tablet to be placed on the wall of the church, recording the names of those who have died in the war from wounds or illnesses caused by their army service. Mrs Kelly had already inscribed some of the names on the cross designed by Eric Gill, the controversial arts and crafts sculptor and typographer, to stand on the corner where the road branches to Temple, in memory of her brother Septimus, who was killed in action on November the 13th, 1916. All were agreed 
that the role of honour should occupy a permanent place in the parish church. Fifteen names were added to the role of honour, which is still in the parish church. In future, the war will not demand so much space. Parish matters of interest are what this report is concerned with, and they tend to multiply. During the war, the Abbey had been offered as a convalescent hospital for wounded Canadian and Belgian soldiers, run by Lady Florence, this was covered in a BBC radio programme, and her VAD nurses. The Voluntary Aid Detachment, VAD, was a unit of civilians providing nursing care for military personnel. Many of the village women signed up to become VADs, including Lady Florence's two daughters, Phyllis, who went to nurse in France, and Elizabeth, known as Bubbles, who went to Reading. Lady Florence Van Sittart Neal also recorded events in her diary, including the progress of her daughter Phyllis, who had a severe attack of influenza. So many officers down with flu. Feel on a holiday. No soldiers, no officers. Captain Carswell left this morning, 2nd of December, 1918. Had party of soldiers from Cliveden as usual. Heard Phyllis had flu. High temperature. I telephoned. 23rd of December. Still the same. Phyllis was very ill with influenza. Lady Florence had ordered a special bed for her. Remember that the couple had already lost their son and so Phyllis being so ill was very hard for them after she had survived the war. You can find out more about Phyllis in the Abbey story, Influenza Strikes. The Abbey family continued to play a significant part in village life, with Sir Henry Van Neal again serving as church warden with Mr T. Young. At that time there was a warden for the rector, or vicar, and one for the people. George Harding returned to his old office as sidesman with Albert Payne. Despite many generous donations, income to cover expenses was a challenge for the church, and it was decided to increase the payment for digging graves to five shillings and sixpence, and also that brick graves should not be allowed in the future. The insurance on the church was raised significantly from £6,000 to £10,000. Reverend Farrow reflects... A shilling from four houses alone would make over ten pounds. And it is to the credit of our congregation that the balance sheet is as healthy as it is, considering that Stonyware has been empty for over a year, and other large houses have not swelled our congregation. Stonyware is a large mansion on the banks of the Thames that was often occupied by wealthy inhabitants who contributed to church funds. The land on which it stands was originally part of the Bissom estate. It had served as a gravel pit before being sold around 1880 to raise funds. It is said that the mansion there was built for the Oppenheimer family. The school had been in an unsettled state for some months. Bissom School took local children from age 5 to age 14 when they left to go into employment. Unfortunately, Mr Crook, the schoolmaster and parish clerk, suffered a return of the illness from which he suffered after serving in the army. His doctor advised him to give up schoolwork. So a new master was required after less than a year, and of course that naturally meant losing Mrs Crook too. The school managers appointed Mr H. A. Jones, who had been acting as headmaster, and Mr Jones, the father of the new schoolmaster, became the new parish clerk. The number of children on roll had been increasing rapidly, which was seen as a good omen. It is proposed to have a treat for the day school in the summer, and one for the Sunday school at Christmas. Possibly the school treat may form part of a peace celebration. 
A treat was an activity day out of school, often funded by one of the wealthier inhabitants. Finance. The school manager's fund reports balanced expenditure of £32, 10 shillings and sixpence for the year. This included £2, 2 shillings and sixpence for prizes. However, Reverend Farrah comments that the insurance on the school buildings was to rise to £5,000 from £3.13 and 9 Note, this seems to be an error, as the report for 1920 shows only a three-shilling increase, and it did not even rise to £5 until 1922. Income from the Education Committee provided only £3.1 shilling of the £32 needed to run the school for the year. The sale of needlework made by the pupils raised £1.16 shillings and sevenpence, although the cost of the materials was twice that. Parents contributed £2.14 shillings, and Mrs Owen Williams of Temple House gave £3.3 shillings. The rent on the schoolhouse provided the lion's share of the income, £10. To give some context, the cost of producing the parish report was £2.18 shillings and sixpence, the choir boys were paid £7.7 shillings and ninepence, and the coal club spent £9.12 shillings and sixpence. It is clear that at this time, much of the funding of village activities came from donations from the well-to-do residents. Activities in the village had been restricted during the previous few years. The institute was kept open during the war, but no dances were held and member subscriptions were few. Consequently, 13 or £14 pounds was found to be owing to the treasurer. Although Mrs and Miss Harding had saved the club several pounds by their work and by providing wood for the fires. Sir Henry kindly gave £4 to help out and Captain Kelly gave £5. We hoped to see the cricket and football club started again. But unfortunately the pavilion was destroyed in the storm of March 27, 1916 and the ground, after four and five years of disuse, will want a lot of rolling to get it in order. The War Savings Association was still at work. 325 certificates had been bought outright, over 8,000 coupons had been sold and 245 cards had been cashed. These were introduced by the government in June 1916 as a way to raise funds. A one-pound bond cost 15 shillings and sixpence and they were aimed at individual buyers. They could be redeemed five years later free of tax, giving a return of 29%. The rainfall for 1918 was recorded as 26 inches, with September and July being very wet, five inches each, and the first three months of 1919 giving 10 inches. April was persistently cold with a blizzard on Sunday, April the 27th, which reminded us of a similar one on April the 25th, 1908. The burial of Mrs Powell, wife of the previous vicar, aged 93, was recorded, and the vicar closed by thanking the Reverend Herbert Knox for his ministrations during the time of his illness during the year. Reverend Farrer closed with a poem by John Oxenham called Thank God for Peace, dated 1902. We greet you, brothers, to the noble strife of building up the newer, larger life. The Bissom Roll of Honour contains 15 names and in memoriam contains two more Bennett names. Thank you for joining me today. Listen again to find out what happens next in the war years. Discover more about the people of Bissom in the Village Stories and the Abbey History episodes.